Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. I am Kelsey Kemp. I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling, then practically, love it, practically, <laughs> land a job that pays you to fulfill it. So that is the mission of this podcast as well. And today's episode along that central theme is... You probably read the title and might have been shocked by it, but if you think you're multi-passionate, I'm going to present why you're probably not and how this is good news. I am even personally shocked I am speaking on this topic and presenting this hypothesis to you because as you'll hear me explain and as you might have known from many previous episodes, I have very much identified as a multi-passionate person. But in this episode, I'm going to be sharing the truth of what I've come to realize that why I believe in why I believe that the term multi-passionate is actually a false notion born from an era in which we're offered many good options. Not a bad thing, but it could be detrimental. So that's why I'm also going to be sharing why I believe self-identifying as multi-passionate might at its extreme be hurting your career. Then I'm going to move on to share the truth behind why your multi-passionate identity, how you could actually embrace the truth that will set you free to create a focused and impactful career. Then last, I'm going to, well, maybe not last, you'll probably hear this throughout, but I'm going to share my own story as someone, as I mentioned, I'm someone who is strongly identified as being multi-passionate for years now. But I have realized a few key things in my career progression and in my career coaching practice in which I help others that have helped me actually become a person that is extremely engaged and continually excited in a single focused career path that I willingly, joyfully, excitedly want to carry on for the rest of my life in. So first, like I said, I'm going to cover why I actually believe the term multi-passionate is a false notion. So fact, (laughs) you know this, in our current era of society and the development of it, we have more options than ever. So many career options and access to jobs and education, you know, there's a lot of nuances to all of this. But generally, I know that we could all acknowledge that we certainly have more career options and access to all these options than our parents or grandparents did 50 years ago. And that's something that we could be grateful for. But now that we're more aware of more options than ever and have clear pathways to be able to achieve them, I mean, think about it. Many career paths, actually, you could get into them just by self-study doing free trials of different softwares uh, on nights and weekends, training yourself on YouTube, doing boot camps for coding or whatever you want to do. We have more access than ever outside of formal institutions that cost tens of thousands of dollars in years of your life. But all of this great news actually puts us in a state of getting to experience and enjoy many things, which is great, right? Which I believe is something that many people can relate to, you know, just having an ever expanding list of things that you're interested in because you have more and more exposure and opportunity to them at one level or another. Yet, you can be strongly interested in many pursuits, 
But to say that you're multi-passionate has come to be an identity that implies that there is not an optimal or focused path that you could be fulfilled while dedicating yourself to in a focused manner. I believe that just because we've been given a lot of options, which makes many more people aware of a lot of options that they're interested in, obviously, that has given us what I believe is the false notion that I am, quote, multi-passionate in what that means to many people, maybe even if we don't admit it. It's implied that means that we have equally viable paths that would all be equally fulfilling to you. But why I believe this implied theory or notion is false is that you may be, for the time being, like at your current stance or where you're at in terms of your experience, uh, engagement, or knowledge with a current area that you might feel that you're interested in. At the time being, you might feel that you're equally interested in these seemingly disparate pursuits. But I do not believe that when you thoroughly evaluate against other criteria, like your natural talents, your core motivation style, and your lifestyle and work setting preferences based on uh, stable criteria that are such as your core values and your personality, all of which all are stable criteria that summarize who you are and what at the core you're good at, which is different than just what you're interested in, which is usually not the strongest predictor of career satisfaction as this can change over time. But when you thoroughly understand the broad set of these other factors that are stable, I do not believe that every career option you currently state that you're passionate about is something that will stand up to the test and be a long-term thing that you want to dedicate your career to. You may very well continue to be interested in whatever it is for you, maybe poetry, painting, environmental sustainability, and entrepreneurship. These are all things that I once said I'm was passionate about. I've come to apply much more helpful and technical, um, I guess, definitions to what I categorize in my life as a resounding passion versus a casual or even in and out fading interest. But these are all things that I once said I was passionate about. But I truly believe that even if you have a bunch of seemingly random and very different passions, I believe that you could satisfy your most important requirements in a balance of what you focus on in your career versus your hobbies. I know that this is something that logically you would probably acknowledge, but I believe that, and I'll go more into what I believe causes us to have a mindset of um, thinking that we're multi-passionate, but I I think <laughs> it is um, easy to say, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that some will be great in my career and others interests might just be a hobby thing but without really knowing what to base your career decisions off of in order to make a satisfying long-term decision I believe that going untested many of these interests will present themselves as equally viable passions when that is not the case I believe that through thorough discernment 
like the process I help my career coaching clients through, they are able truly to see what needs to be satisfied as a career focus versus even meaningful hobbies or even casual ones. And I want you to know also under this heading of what I'm trying to say of why I believe this implied theory is false, that all of these passions that make you consider yourself a multi-passionate person, why I believe that isn't really giving you a helpful mindset about your career. I believe that just because you're interested in seemingly random things, it does not mean that there is not a central theme that's driving you towards a mission you feel called to accomplish in your career. I do believe, as I did acknowledge in the other episode I did on how to make a career decision, if you're multi-passionate, I did express what I found to be true, that most people in their most significant passions do have a theme that is underlying and tying them together, and that is a sustainable choice to make your career pursuits off of. Um, So, I will give my personal example with this. I once thought that I was extremely passionate about poetry, dancing. I used to, it was like my life's goal for the first 18 years of my life. Let's say 12. I think the first six, I definitely didn't didn't have ballet on the radar, but it was my goal to be a professional ballet dancer. Uh, I still have a passion for dance in general, but Yeah, I once thought I was equally passionate about poetry, dancing, speaking, traveling, having deep career conversations with my friends that hopefully help them, and also planning parties. Side note, I literally almost started a birthday consulting business because I was really good at making up really unique, quirky, and hilarious birthday party themes. (laughs) But I didn't end up starting that business. And I would also say I'm highly passionate about painting. I always loved producing, creating something like a podcast or a YouTube channel. I definitely wanted to do that. I was also passionate about Uh, I really wanted to live in the wilderness. I literally almost applied for jobs in a national park. Um, And I also was very passionate about bettering myself by reading classical literature and becoming this idea of like a very well-rounded, cultured person. Uh, Oh gosh, I also could go off forever about how passionate I was and in many ways still am about environmental sustainability. And I wanted because I was so passionate about that, I thought maybe I should start a environmental consulting agency for large businesses to help them have more sustainable practices. Gosh, I'm not done. I am not done. Uh, the last passion I'll mention, which I'm sure that there were others I'm forgetting now, um, is that I was extremely passionate. Uh, and this is, by the way, I'm talking in past tense because I'm talking about what I would say caused me to call myself a multi-passionate person, especially when I was trying to make a huge career decision, very unsatisfied in my corporate job two years out of college and trying to figure out what am I called to do? What is the one thing? Maybe I'm not called to do one thing. I read books on how you could be like Da Vinci and do so many different things that you're known for and that's totally okay and specializing in one field is really just a concept that was created in the space race time of the 
late 1960s because we needed, the government started encouraging people to specialize in STEM fields so that we could advance our government, nations, and programs and whatever. Um, and so I really bought into that. I was like, no, I'm going to be a very multi-passionate person. Maybe I'm just going to travel the world and do a ton of different stuff. And I'll just have a bunch of different pit stops in my career and do so much. And one thing that I really almost signed up for, I almost went to get my art history, my master's in art history at Sotheby's in London. That was a dream of mine too. And I thought, gosh, I think I'm really just supposed to be like a history art history, classical literature kind of person uh, who like writes poetry and just does a bunch of deep thinking and whatever. All of these different passions I really thought would take me on different, equally promising career paths. That's why I was paralyzed in this other phrase that's so common because of the stage in history that we're in, analysis paralysis where we're looking at a potentially wide set of options that we all think are equally viable. So it freezes us from the ability to make a very confident decision singling out the best choice. When I've found when you actually know how to evaluate all of these potential options that you would say you're very, they touch on areas that you're very passionate about, not all of them will hold up to the test of what actually you should base your career decisions off of so that you could have a really satisfying line of work that you're prepared and excited to commit for for many years to come or even the rest of your life. But at the time, I was stuck in this phenomenon of analysis paralysis because I thought I really could be a birthday party consultant. I really could be an artist and I wanted to even be a poet, which now I'm not even sure I'm that gifted at that, but I certainly enjoy doing it. And for many years of my life, you heard me say, I really thought I just wanted to be a dancer or for my passion with traveling, I thought maybe it doesn't even matter what work I'm doing as long as it's virtual and I just get to live in really inspiring places all around the world. And I was tempted to think that all of these were somewhat all equal and viable paths, but that was not the case. It turns out I really just wanted, and this was after much reflection, I realized I wanted to have my own inspiring career path. That's what was drawing me to want to pursue these interests, not just so I could engage in the interests themselves and enjoy art or make it or dance or travel or whatever. I realized that personally, my underlying motivation that drove me so much to have a really inspiring career path was that I wanted to show other people that they could do the same because my heart broke for the sea of people I know that feel like they are wasting their lives in a job that they hate, as I once felt. And it turns out that I actually was just most passionate about wanting to focus on solving that problem for others. And so that made me think I would, if I really dedicated myself to helping other people gain that sense of hope and purpose in their career, then I would receive that for myself. 
because I've come to find out about motivational theory and how people actually receive the sense of fulfillment that we all crave is that actually comes when you give others the feeling that you seek. And so that's what I realized was behind all of this. I think Uh, And of course, it's going to be different for each person, but I hope that I serve as a case study that there was actually a very surprising underlying mission behind or tying together all of these seemingly really random things I would say I was passionate about. So I truly believe that even if I did choose to become an art historian in London, it would have been kind of just the selfish personal solution that I really just wanted to solve for other people. And I actually believe that in God's grace, I would have had an urge to start presenting myself in in service to others to help give them this feeling. I, I really believe that if I made the leap from this very draining corporate job that was, it's not inherently bad, that's a great job for many people, but it wasn't for me. If I was able to make that leap from that very draining corporate job into something that was totally different and really inspiring and something that I was so drawn towards, I think I eventually would have realized it wasn't about the whatever I was looking at itself. Like it wasn't about the art history. It wasn't actually about making poetry and it wasn't about planning birthday parties for other people. It was about showing other people what's possible for them so I could genuinely serve my friends and encouragement and then hopefully learn more in the path of of creating that solution for myself of how I could help others do the same. And so now I realize that no matter what path I took, I think just by the grace of God, it would have hopefully led me to some form of career coaching eventually just a longer road distracted by things I thought I was ultimately passionate about and I had to satisfy as a career and not just hobbies. But the truth is I satisfied my passion for environmental sustainability with a lifestyle change. Uh, I, I guess a year and a half ago now, or over three and a half years ago, I became vegetarian. And over a year and a half ago, I became vegan. Um, I live a much more sustainable and conscientious lifestyle in regards to that. Um, I started driving an electric car, things like that. Um, So that made me feel like I was, I understood my personal ethics and I was aligned with them. So that actually personally did satisfy my passion for environmental sustainability. I didn't feel after I satisfied that first step that I actually felt continued to pursue that further as a career or whatnot. A lot of this, you'll see the theme is if you just start satisfying the first step, you'll kind of realize, ah, I don't think that this is so much of a career thing. It's more of a hobby thing. But then I satisfied my love for poetry, dancing, and reading through hobbies, occasionally posting what I create or learn on social media, which allowed me that joy of sharing it with others that I think initially distracted me into thinking or fooled me into thinking, man, I think I just have to do this all the time. Um... And I also satisfied my love for travel by budgeting and making time for it. Also having a virtual business now that allows me to work from anywhere. And this is actually, it's funny, a luxury that I don't take as much advantage of as I thought because I was desperate at the time in my corporate job. I thought I was so desperate to travel all the time because um, I 
But I don't actually, again, the theme is once you take the first step into satisfying your big thing, you're not so desperate for all the little things to work out. And then so I made a move to Austin, ended up falling in love with where I live in my community here. So I don't feel as desperate to travel anymore. Something that I never would have thought I would say. Then I satisfied my passion for speaking through actual speaking events and creating this podcast, both of which actually are completely aligned with my career. So I did find a way to implement that in my career design. And then, but if you notice, actually speaking is one of those things that it's an actual competency aligned with a talent or a strength. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, but that, or I mentioned it before, that is actually a more solid predictor of career satisfaction, aligning yourself with the competencies that you're good at, not just the mission setting or uh, areas of interest that intrigue you. Um, then I, I actually, here's kind of the kicker, I wouldn't actually have anything to speak about or talk about on this podcast if I did not realize what it meant to satisfy my core passion, which is the mission I'm working to fulfill, not this passion that I want to be experiencing, but the mission I'm working to fulfill, which is to help people have hope in their career again, to faithfully use this one life they've been given by living out their calling in service to others and for the glory of God. So at the end, they could hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, that is so my mission here. And over time, I've only become more and more convinced that this mission is worth saying no to so many other things so I could pursue this with excellence. And I have joyfully committed my life to focusing on the fulfillment of this mission. And this, and this is what I'm trying to explain. This is coming from a person who was once paralyzed thinking that I need to just indulge all of my interests, maybe not even really have a career. Honestly, I thought some really weird things when I was desperate in my analysis paralysis phase. This is someone coming from someone who faced so many options. I thought, there's no way I'm not just going to be constantly dreading my, my fear of missing out on these other things. All these other unhonored passions are going to come back to haunt me if I don't have a career that satisfies, equally incorporates all of them. And so what I'm getting at is my hypothesis that I'm presenting is that I think being multi-passionate is actually just a temporary state that you experience before you make an informed decision, having a base level of satisfaction in your career that you really feel called to because you made that decision based on your core attributes, not just the many subject matters that seem exciting to you. And I think that it's much more likely that you can hold or I think it's much more likely that you're a person that can hold many personal interests that could be satisfied as hobbies or ancillary elements of your career. But I really base, sorry, I really believe that based on what I've seen, most people can actually be fulfilled in a single area of focus in their career, balanced with hobbies. And the real truth behind this multi-passionate phenomenon as I see it, is that you're just a normal person who's getting enchanted with a lot of options, not all of which with thorough investigation 
or something that you would actually like, even like over time, dedicating your career to. And another central theory that I really want to present to you is that this feeling of analysis paralysis that might, in my experience, be correlated with considering yourself to be multi-passionate. I know some people are going to be like, no, it's more than that. But I think that this might be the experience of many people. But this analysis paralysis and multi-passionate toss-up isn't just caused by maybe your brain suggesting a lot of helpful options and maybe you haven't done the testing and discernment yet or maybe you're not really sure what criteria to weight the most heavily that will predict your movement into a very satisfying career. But I also want to strongly suggest that this feeling of being stuck in analysis paralysis because you're passionate about so many things isn't just your natural state of being and your identity. I believe it is a phase of life that people often experience when you're really stressed or even just somewhat stressed. And at some level, you want to be doing anything more fulfilling than what you're currently doing. And I've seen this happen with many people that the more stressed they get and the less and more deeply they sink into feeling very dissatisfied in what they're doing. The longer you stay in inaction and feeling stuck, actually your brain hikes up the stakes, giving you more requirements for what you need to be a part of a next job for it to be satisfying. I have seen this happen time and time again. It's this very interesting paradox where the more stress you get, the more stuck you get, the more extreme your criteria get for what you want to do next. And this is also when your God-given brain is designing or it is um, functioning as it was designed to, and it's trying to suggest more and more helpful options for you to explore. But in your stressed state, it you might be seeing red and you might also be thinking, gosh, I'm just so dissatisfied in my current career that I'm definitely, I definitely want this. And oh my gosh, I definitely think I should pursue that because that would really make me happy. And it just collects more and more uh, criteria for what you need and it overcomplicates it. When the truth that I have seen play out again and again in my own life and the people I work with is that when you make work with someone like me or anyone else or go through a very thorough decision-making criteria framework because you understand what actually predicts a satisfying career and that you don't need all these shiny objects that your brain is suggesting and these passions aren't actually requirements for your life uh, that need to be a part of your life. But when you really understand how to make a thorough, confident career decision and you move towards that and you begin to receive that sense of fulfillment that you craved, once you start having that sense of peace and your mind clears up and it's literally your monkey brain is like, oh, we're safe. Oh, this is good. Oh, wow. My career can be rewarding and fulfilling. And I, I like this. I really like this. Time and time again, I have seen all those crazy requirements and I'm passionate about A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like I have to do all of these things. Those fade away and you see them for what they are as 
casual interests a lot of the time that you would be really fulfilled if you just participated in them as a weekly hobby, a casual every couple of months I do a big trip or go to a conference aligned with this area of interest or I volunteer in this area of interest that I call a passion they will naturally fall into place. And I've even seen this in my own career where I once believed I really needed to be in a creative career where I was creating art or poetry or writing something. And I thought it mainly had to be inspirational materials. I now realize that my life was much more significantly designed around how I wanted to help other people, not just what I wanted to experience for fun. And genuinely, that has satisfied so many other areas of my life that I feel really at peace and stable with it. And I now have found over time other ways to incorporate those other interests, you could call them passions, into what I do in my work. For instance, like I was just saying, I really thought I had to be in a creative career. Well, in many ways, entrepreneurship is very creative. And even with the visuals, I really had such a blast and even I still get so fulfilled and just excited when I get a bunch of compliments on my website. I worked for months designing that by myself and I loved that process. Seriously, it was so fun. Does that need to be my full-time work? No, it was more of a season and I'm so happy with that. But that's just an example of you'll kind of allow over time, the other areas of interest that you have to, you'll creatively apply them to your career somehow or sort them into a hobby. And the biggest thing that I want you to take away from what I just said is that once you start satisfying one big area that you really care about, your brain will naturally relax its grip on the countless other areas that your stressed state deemed a requirement for you to be happy when they're actually not. So my two takeaways that I want you to walk away with and then some final encouragement. The first takeaway is that once you're able to understand the stable parts about you, like your innate talents, your spiritual gifts, your core values, your the elements of your personality that are most career relevant, that I help my clients understand all of these things to great depth, and your optimal work environment, and the central mission that you want to serve others through, like a problem you want to solve, a solution you want to create, whatever. That is when your perspective shifts and you're able to see which passions are career worthy versus I'll be perfectly fine pursuing that as a hobby. Then once the second takeaway is once you start receiving that sense of fulfillment as you move into living out your calling time and time again, I want to encourage you that I have seen (laughs) this happen. Your other interests and that your stressed brain was convincing you was a passion that you needed to incorporate in your daily life those will naturally fade away and you won't live in FOMO and dread that you're not satisfying these other important areas. And my encouragement is that I am recording this episode for you because I want you to know that A, you can find a purposeful career without constant dread that you've abandoned other dreams that will come back to haunt you. B, you don't have to let being multi-passionate 
hold you back from a somewhat focused career in which you could truly make an impact and leave a legacy legacy through your mastery of that one thing. I really do believe that we are called to mastery and excellence and not to say our careers can't evolve and take on many different forms or even have different phases and chapters, but I do believe that this multi-passionate identity is holding many of us back from the focus that I think we could make a case we're called to in this life. The last thing I want to say is I want to give a case study of exactly the point I'm trying to make. Jesus himself turned down good things to focus on his one thing that he was called to do. We see this in Mark chapter 1 verses 35 and 38. To set the stage, Jesus the day before had just healed a multitude of people in this one town. Obviously, people are in awe. And the next day, people are ready and lining up. Please heal me, help me. So it says in verse 35 of Mark chapter 1, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to nearby villages, so I could preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus understood his mission, that he could heal the physical bodies of countless people, but his mission there and his purpose for why he was sent on this earth was to tell people of their eternal hope in him that had would come through his atoning sacrifice for our sins that we could accept through Ask, repenting and asking for his forgiveness and being completely washed of them and now having a new hope in Jesus that we could commune with God in his perfection in heaven forever. So Jesus understood the grander mission here, that he could fix someone for a few years or for the rest of their life, but he had a much grander mission. And so if you're like me, you could, this is, I feel even silly, like equating to any, any of my experience to something as grand as Jesus's example, because uh, I'm not so sure I have any sort of mission as grand as that, although God certainly destined each of us to play our puzzle piece in the grand scheme. But for my puzzle piece, I could have said, I really um, want to create poetry or I want to paint and I want to dance and I want to be, I want to have a bunch of different businesses and be a a birthday party consultant and an environmental consultant to help businesses be more sustainable and environmentally friendly. And I could have done all of these things, but once I started focusing on what is the thing that breaks my heart the most that I absolutely want to play a part in redeeming that in any way, to help people in any way. And it was seeing the hopelessness I felt in my career and that I saw the hopelessness in others. And I thought, that is not something that we're called to just accept. No, there is hope available to you. Work was meant to be a gift and you do have a calling 
And let us not be distracted by the lies that say following your calling is an entitled millennial concept created for our own personal satisfaction. No, this is meant for the glory of God and service of others as you understand what is the best of what I was created to be able to do and what did God put on my heart to serve others with. This is when I believe this title of being multi-passionate fades out of focus. So I hope and I pray that this episode was encouraging to you. I would actually love to know your thoughts on this. This is a very fresh emerging theory that I'm seeing that I wanted to speak on, um, but I'm sure it's something that will develop over time even more. (sighs) Yeah, wow. Um, So (laughs) let me know and I pray that this blessed you today. And I also know that at many points in the episode, you heard me talk about this thorough discernment process and working with someone who understands how to help you make a decision that actually will be satisfying in the long term. Not only that, just making a technical decision based off what is good logic, but also if you are a Christian, maybe like me, you really care about working with someone who wants to help you discern what God's will is for your life. And if so, I want you to invite you to reach out to me for career coaching. I have two different programs, my deep dive program. That's the signature one I work with most clients on in which I help you discern your calling, identify the actual job that is best aligned with it, and then help you get into that job or start that business with as much effectiveness and speed as possible. And my other package that I work with people on is the Career Clarity Kickstart, just beginning to help you understand what you're called to do in the actual job that aligns with it. So if that is any anything that sounds like a godsend to you, please reach out um, and we could have a free consultation, just a 30-minute call in the next week, which you could schedule by going to kelseykim.com slash coaching. And if this episode blessed you, you know what's coming. I'm going to hustle you for a review, please. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I can't even sound elegant about this anymore. I would be so blessed if you left a review. All it takes is one click to tap the stars or better yet, write a couple nice words in a written review. Y'all are great. I'll talk to you soon. Adios.